On today's show, Ty Lue staying as coach of the Clippers. Two potential players out of four being traded as reported by Zach Lowe on his podcast. And Bradley Beal and Carl Anthony Towns. How do we feel about the Clippers potentially trying to package a deal for them or put together a package for them? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team, every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri. Going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan in the fall, you can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA sports, LA Clippers, and NBA history content. And of course, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to tell me how you feel about the news that was reported today. Several different big NBA media heads coming out with some stuff. For one, Chris Haynes' article for Bleacher Report talking about that Ty Lue is not looking like he's not going anywhere right now. He won't be getting an extension, he says. But he has a contract up until the 2024-25 season, but the Clippers have a team option on that. So the guaranteed year of his deal is this upcoming season, and it sounds like he is going to be our coach for the upcoming season. So going to be reacting to that. And then Zach Lowe saying that two of four Clipper players that he listed are very likely going to be traded. He said he's pretty sure of it. He said very sure, I'm pretty sure. Okay, now I'm too many sures there, but he said he was pretty positive. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but, you know, that's a big NBA person saying something with such certainty, and he said they were going to trade them for one player. And then the Washington Wizards, given the Michael Winger situation, have been reportedly, or should I say, it's being reported that they could potentially rebuild, which has been years overdue, and if they rebuild, the first domino to fall has to be Bradley Beal getting traded. So looking into the possibility for the Clippers to try to go for that. And then Carl Anthony Towns, because he was on PG's podcast and with Rudy Gobert. You know, it seems like there's also been some rumors there about the Minnesota Timberwolves kind of moving on from him after eight years. But anyway, let's get into the first one. And by the way, before we start, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best place to get la- the best deals on last minute tickets to any event that you want to go to. Let's talk about the first one, Ty Lue staying. So all season long, there's been the whole rift between Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue. And I was told by a couple of people that it's very likely that they will not both be back next season. From the looks of things, they will both be back next season. So it makes me think, were the rumors not true or did they get over some stuff? Because they clearly, I don't know if there was any personal beef, but they had a difference of opinion, and that was made very clear with the whole Terrence man being strong-arm thing, Ty Lue being willing to trade Terrence while Lawrence Frank didn't want to trade him for Fred Van Vliet. Then there was the Westbrook thing, where Lawrence clearly seemed like he was against it from his comments in the media, and then he made it very abundantly clear after the season that he trusted, that was the players that pushed it, the coach that pushed it, 
and he kind of gave in. And I think that may have been where Lawrence Frank said, okay, I was wrong. I could see what they were saying. They want a point guard. Ty Lue wants a point guard. That better optimizes his style of coaching. Paul George does not want the ball in his hands so much. That will optimize him. Because the thing about Paul George is, whether you think it's best for him basketball-wise or not, if he doesn't think that handling the ball so much is good for him basketball-wise, then we shouldn't do that. Because you need the first... When you want a player to buy into something... They have to buy into it. It's not about if he's better at it or not or if it's a better option. If they're not down for it, it doesn't matter. And you got to appease these human beings. They're not just chess pieces. They are human beings. And whether you agree with Paul George you know, not wanting the ball in his hands is a totally different discussion. We know for a fact he doesn't. So bringing in a point guard, and I have to say, I have to take an L as well. I was pretty anti-getting Russ even though I'm a massive fan of him and was before he even stepped foot uh, in the Clipper locker room. But I kind of realized that we'd really been lacking a true dime dropper, pun intended, for the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George 2 on 3 era. And seeing what it did made me kind of take an L on it. So I think Lawrence Frank also kind of took an L on it and was like, look, I see what they're saying. My only concern is this. They need to be on the same page next season. It's very clear that Lawrence Frank wants a wing-heavy approach. Ty Lue, maybe not as much. They have to come to some kind of consensus. I mean, I'm not saying they have to agree on every single roster move, but you want your the guy in charge of the basketball decisions and the coach on the same page. So we don't have any you know strong arming and this and that. Here's what I have to say about Lawrence Frank. The way he prioritizes Terrence Mann, I'm of the same belief that he should be playing, he should be starting, probably should be starting at the two if I'm being real next season. But Ty Lue seems a little resistant to that. He's extremely resistant to having Terrence Mann at the one, but that's not that big a deal to me. The point is Ty Lue staying, I have no issue with it, but he and Lawrence Frank need to be on the same page and we need to have a clear-cut roster that's not too deep. We need to know who are the guys that are going to be in the rotation and who are not. Who are the guys that are backups for the backups? Likely Amir Coffey, Jason Preston. I hope not Brandon Boston. I hope he's actually one of the players that's in the rotation. But look, Ty Lu has the team option in the 2024-25 season. We will see. That's going to be going into the Intuit Dome. A lot of what we're going to do going into that season is very dependent on how this upcoming season goes. And by the way, I think I'm going to do an episode soon on do we need to open the Intuit Dome with stars? That's been a huge topic of discussion of why the Clippers are so resistant to trade Paul George or Kawhi or blow it up or go a different direction is that with the grand opening of the Intuit Dome, can you afford in a market like Los Angeles and being the secondary team to open up a stadium without star players? Um, That's an interesting conversation for another episode, but... Ty Lue going into that 2024-25 season, we'll see what direction the Clippers want to go. What was reported today by Chris Haynes was that Ty Lue and the Clippers are unlikely to agree to an extension this offseason, and he is extension eligible. So, I mean, he's not going to get a new contract because I think they're seeing how this season was not good. Let's see how this one goes. And the Suns, by the way, they were interested in Ty Lue, but it had to have been a trade. Remember, you can trade coaches. That's how we got Glenn Rivers. And they were going to ask for some draft capital. And the thing is, the Clippers are pretty much wiped out in that department. That probably means you would have had to trade this 30th pick that we have in the in next week's draft. So, yeah. Uh, they went with Vogel instead. 
happy we didn't trade draft capital. And look, Ty Lue is still one of the best coaches we've ever had in this franchise history. Top three. In my opinion, he's the second best after Larry Brown. Um, Ty Lue had one bad season. He had two great seasons. And hopefully things aren't as wacky this upcoming season. There are so many things that have to happen in terms of the roster and everything before that. But coming up, Zach Lowe mentioned four players. He said two of them are going to get traded for sure from what he's hearing for one player. Going to be talking about who those players are, how I feel about the ones getting traded, who would I want of those four to get traded, and who could be coming in. I'll let you know who they suggested. Don't know if you'll like it or not. Going to be talking about that coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They are the best legwear around. They're comfortable, but you can use them for so many different things. Bird Dog Stretch Khaki Shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look like you're straight out of a museum. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and so you don't smell like dookie. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Woo! 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 All right. Locked On's NBA mock draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Find out who I took with the Clippers' 30th pick in the draft. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow, find the episode on the Locked On Clippers page on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk about the Zach Lowe thing. That one kind of took me by surprise. So he says that we are pretty much, Clippers are pretty guaranteed. You know what? I'm going to look at the exact quote because I don't want to be half-assed for you guys. Let's see what the exact quote was. So basically he said the four players are Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Nico Batum, and Robert Covington. He said that the Clippers are going to try to trade Two of those guys. says, the one trade I can guarantee. This is the quote. The one trade I can guarantee, I guarantee the Clippers will trade two of Morris, Batum, Rocco, and Powell for a player. That was on the low post. You can find that on your podcast apps or whatever. After, though, you listen to Locked On NBA. Make sure. But, so let's just, you know, examine that for a sec. Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum. It seems like every Clipper fan that wants the team to get better next season wants Marcus Morris gone. We know that senior needs to go. Now, the other three guys, a little bit tougher. I've only seen one Clipper fan on Twitter. I've never even met the guy. I don't even know what he looks like with a decent following that wants Norman Powell gone really badly. But every other Clipper fan seems to like Norman Powell on him. I mean, the guy was the leading scorer off the bench last season. I think after Jordan Poole, but Jordan Poole started a good amount of games. Norman Powell was 
top three, when it was going to be top three or four, was going to be top three, I should say, in six man of the year voting, I believe, had he not had that shoulder injury towards the end. And after the first month of the season, like October, half month, I should say, he was just amazing. And as the season was progressing, he was getting better and better. He had a decent playoffs. And I like Norman Powell in his role. He's a sixth-man bucket getter, comes in, adds rim pressure, adds athleticism, attacks closeouts, gets to the line, and plays decent defense. I like that. I think we can use that. And I don't think his contract is that bad. Now, Nicholas Batum cannot be our best power forward next season. I love Nicholas Batum, but he added you know, a declining season. I mean, the guy is, what, 34 years old? Yeah, he's 34 years old. I mean, if he's your best power forward, it's going to be a struggle to win a championship. This year, Aaron Gordon was the power forward for the Denver Nuggets. And, I mean, he guards the best player. He's 27, 28, athletic as can be. I mean, that's we can't really compete with that with Nick like Nicholas Batum is old prime Nicholas Batum sure but not this Nicholas Batum I'm totally okay with having him on the roster but if I had to choose between Robert Covington who's 32 years old and Nicholas Batum who's 34 years old I'm probably taking Rocco the thing is Ty Lu clearly made his choice clear last season where he was playing Nicholas Batum and Marcus Morris Sr. over Rocco if Ty Lue's mind with the year of age still doesn't change with that, then we absolutely should just trade Rocco because he's not going to play. And I would prefer him to actually get playing time because he's a good enough player to be getting playing time on this team. But if not on this team, damn sure another team. So those four players, Norm is the one out of those four I say we just can't trade. Unless it's a really good player coming through the door. But he says a player, right? So the reason why the Clippers want to do that, obviously they want to get some more quality instead of the quantity that they had last season. Because the thing is, after Kawhi, Paul, and Norm, and Terrence Mann, and I would say even Zoo, the rest of the supporting cast is extremely inconsistent. Extremely. Whether it be Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Nicholas Batum last year was inconsistent with his offense. Defensively, you know what you're going to get. But again, we're putting too much pressure on him as the best defender at his age. That's too much at the point of attack. Like, just way too much. And then, I mean, who else is there? Mason Plumley, inconsistent. You know, a normal role player. Eric Gordon, I already mentioned. So, and even Avicii Zubats is very inconsistent. So, in the beginning of the season, he was consistent. But throughout after, he's fairly inconsistent. So, you, I, we need more quality depth. And I think that's what they want to do. And also, their contracts are all pretty hefty. Let's read them off. Norman Powell is getting paid $18 million next year, also $19 million the following year, and then $20 million up until 2025-26. Here's the thing about Norm. He's 30. He's in his prime right now. He's owed $18 million next year, and I think that's totally solid deal for a player that does what he does. He's not getting paid $30 million like Jordan Poole, and he's giving you a similar production. He's not as good of a playmaker as a Jordan Poole and doesn't have as much upside, but for, a, for their value right now, with someone like that getting paid $30 million, Tyler Hero's getting paid $30 million, Norman Powell getting paid 18 that's really good value. So I wouldn't even trade that. I think that's really solid. Marcus Morris, on the other hand, is getting paid just less than a million dollars less than Norm. He's owed $17 million next year, and he's on an expiring deal. I think that expiring deal is going to entice a lot of teams to take him because 
There are plenty of teams that can use a Marcus Morris off their bench to shoot some threes. I genuinely believe that the Miami Heat, given how slowly they play and the three-point shooting they lack, they could really use Marcus Morris. I mean, how much worse is Marcus Morris than Kevin Love? Kevin Love's a great rebounder and passer, but Marcus Morris is still a better offensive player right now. Regardless, I think he could play on the Heat. I really do. And, yeah. I think Marcus Morris, with the expiring deal, I think teams would be inclined to take him. Now, Robert Covington's also on an expiring deal. He's making $11 million, $692,308 next year. That was the exact number. Sorry for reading all that. But basically, he's making a little over, over $11.5 million. That's really good value. One year left. Let's just use him. Just use him. Like, I don't know. But again, teams are going to be inclined. That's really good value, and it's an expiring contract. Nicholas Batum, also an expiring contract getting paid just less than $100,000 more than um, than uh, Robert Covington. So a little under $12 million a year, and he's an expiring contract as well. I think we just let Nico play out his contract, but then walking for free is like, eh, teams could still use him, but you're not getting much for Nico with two on an expiring contract. He doesn't have that many years left. I think we might as well just ride it out. But look, if we have to trade two of those four... Um, Definitely senior, and then you have to pick between Rocco or Nico. Who do we bring back? They suggested Chris Stapps Porzingis, who's making 36. He has a player option for next season. He can make $36 million. I think he's going to opt in because I don't know if he's going to be making upwards of $30 million on that next contract. I've, if I were him, I would opt in. And if we could get him for that one year, I would be totally down. Porzingis plays a frustrating game because he's another one of those seven-footers that just falls in love with shooting jump shots. And if he starts at the power forward, while we do have a lot of size and he's much more mobile than Zoo, if he just becomes a guy that just chucks threes and because Zoo's in the paint, he's afraid to go to the mid-range or post anyone up, he's going to become fairly frustrating. Now, granted, he's much better than Marcus Morris. And I would honestly be down to trade, like, let's say Nico Batum and Marcus go out the door and we get Porzingis to start and then Rocco's the clear backup. Totally okay with that, honestly. I'd be okay with it because he's on an expiring deal, so we give him a chance, and then we can figure out what we want to do in the following offseason. And let's see, how old is KP? 27 years old, and he just had one of the best seasons of his career. Definitely the best season since he came back from that injury uh, with New York. So, I wouldn't mind. He's just. Uh, do I think we're going to win the championship when he was the third best player? No, not really. I don't. I just think it would help. But... He's also an injury concern as well, so I wouldn't really go for him. Um, people are suggesting Kyle Kuzma, but again, he is a free agent, unrestricted. He's going to try to make bank, and I don't know if we have the, the sign-in trade or the materials or the cap with this new CBA to pay, what, pay him what he wants. Um, we obviously have to offload some contracts, but then we'll definitely have no room for Russ or anything like that, so I don't know. The point is, younger at the four, we've talked about this a lot, we clearly want to get younger at the four, or get a point guard, or be able to bring Russ back. But we obviously want to offload some salary with that rumor. So, I'm not totally opposed. It's going to be tough seeing one of those other three go, but we need to get rid of Marcus Morris. As much as I love the guy, I will have a beautiful thank you post, and maybe a thank you episode for him. Probably should, in the offseason. Marcus Morris's best moments. I really appreciate him, but he's got to go. Norman Powell's the one I don't want to see traded, but that was from Zach Lowe. Now, the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. The rumors, will he potentially get traded? Will the Wizards look to rebuild? Going to be talking about that and then the possibility of Carl Anthony Towns coming up next. 
I got to tell you about Game Time. This episode is brought to you by Game Time, and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be that stressful. I remember one time I went to a game during Lob City, and it was my first Lob City game. And honestly, the experience was ruined because my mom came home from work late, like an hour before the game, and was like, let's go. I'm like, what? We're not going to get there in time. We're going to get there like midway through the first quarter. I think we got in in the second quarter, and we spent $85 to sit in the 300 section, high in the 300 section, with the Clippers playing the Houston Rockets, who legitimately had, like, I want to say Kevin Martin was their best player. Like, they were not that good. If I had the Game Time app, I would have never had that predicament to buy tickets from a scalper for a ripoff outside the arena because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals for football, baseball, basketball, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so I'll, I'll talk about Carl Anthony Towns first. So Carl Anthony Towns was recently on Paul George's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I finally watched it. And Jackie Long, one of the co-hosts, asked them, did you ever think about or do you ever think about playing with each other? And they just kind of like laughed like little, like little girls. Like, mm, I'm not going to say oh, we, could ta- we could get fined for tampering or something like that. But like, no, we don't. But like they were obviously lying. They clearly do. And look, I've talked about getting a pick and pop big, but Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this game, um, a lot. Do I think he'd make the Clippers better? Probably. Do I think that he would make us a champion? No. Do I think that we can realistically get him? No. He's getting, and do I want him? No. He's getting paid $36 million next year, and then in 2024-25, he's getting paid forty. $9 million. $49 million. I'm sorry, but we already think Paul George getting paid $48 million is a lot. Carl Anthony Towns getting paid $49 million in 2025 guaranteed, and then $53 million in 2026. $57 million in 2027. Then he has a player option in 2027-28 to get $61 million. Are you crazy? Like, I don't even want to touch that contract. That is insanity. I didn't even see it till today. There's no doubt, like, there's no doubt in my mind that we should not trade for him. Like, please don't trade for him. So, it's going to gut our whole roster for him. He hasn't shown the most reliable health either. The last season, he was hurt a lot. 2021, he had a whole bunch of different things, but that was a lot of, like, COVID stuff. But this past season, he was out a ton of games. I mean, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Carl Anthony Towns, to be honest. And I'm not even going to talk about the basketball side of why. But Beal... I think Beal's a really solid player. He just averaged 22 points. He's definitely on the decline. Uh, let's see how, much, how old is he, though. He's not as old as people think. He's 29. He shouldn't really be on the decline, but it's looked like he has. He, I watched him a lot in the 2021 season with Russ, 
And I don't mean to sound like a hater. It's so hard to average 30 in the NBA no matter what era, even though so many guys are averaging 25-plus these days because the way the game is played and the rules. But Bradley Beal was averaging – really sound like a hater saying this, but I'm just being honest because I like Bradley Beal actually. He was averaging the most meaningless 30 I've ever seen. Like – didn't matter if they won or lost with the same 30, decent efficiency, but it was not momentum changing. Like the shots he would make were like when the Wizards were due for a basket because they were on, you know, the other team was on an 8 0 run and they slacked off for a sec. Like he would score points a lot in the first quarter and then you wouldn't take over games. There was not many takeovers. It didn't feel like the most impactful 30. I, I always say that, you know, two points is not the same as two points. Momentum matters. And it was when Russell Westbrook took his game to another level that they started winning. In the beginning of the season, it was free Beal, free Beal. Then Russ went crazy, and they made the playoffs. So it was really Russ. And then the last season, you know, last season, not the one that just happened, 2022, they started off really well, but Beal's numbers really declined. And I remember we played them in that game we came back where Kennard had the four-point play. And I just remember being in a Twitter space with so many Wizards fans. And one of my really good friends is a Wizards fan. And they're done with Beal. Like, they know he's not a number one on a championship team. They know that the Wizards aren't going to bring in anyone better. And he just seems very disinterested. And one thing about Beal that I used to love with John Wall in that era was that he would play defense. And he seems extremely disinterested. And I watched him 40, 50 games that season. At least 30 of them with Russ. And he was very inconsistent on defense. Very pick and choosy. And, you know, you could say that maybe on a, on a new team he would try harder. You would obviously not have nearly as much the scoring load, but I don't see the fit in Beal. Why do we bring in a third guy who's very reliant on jump shots, mid-range or threes, exactly what we lack? I feel like it's so redundant. He's a good spacer, but it's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think Beal should be a second guy that scores, not a third. That's just, it's, people say it's not egos, but it's not about egos. It's actually about making it work on the court. And I just think too much of one thing, I already have a an issue, not an issue, but a skepticism of the two-wing thing, two-score-first wing thing working out with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kawhi and Paul George. We've never seen it work with two wings that are score-first and aren't great passers. Scottie Pippen, great passer. MJ, very underrated passer. Very different duo. Wade and LeBron. LeBron is a point forward. And Wade is just amazing off the ball and in so many different ways. But, like, he's an underrated passer, too. It was a diff- there were different kinds of players. Paul George and Kawhi, they operate in similar areas. We don't need another guy like Beal. And plus his contract. Let's take a look at that. He's owed $46 million next year, $50 million the year after, and then $53 million in 2026 with a $57 million player option in 2027 that he honestly would be foolish to decline. So to me, Beal and Towns, as talented as they are, easy 25 points a game kind of guys, they're two of the worst contracts in the league that we would have to gut our team for. This is assuming that we don't trade Paul George or Kawhi, who are already taking up $100 million. Yeah, I'm out on that. But anyway, that's it for me in this episode. Let me know what you thought of all these rumors. A lot of stuff I know. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper and LA sports content. And of course, subscribe to Locked On Clippers. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video. And let me know what you thought. The age old proverb continues Go Clippers.